0: So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. We're making an ad. Snapping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, yeah. what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Good. Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the, That's ad. the ad! That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast.
1: Hi guys, it's Matt from Horror Movie Night here. First and foremost, I want to say happy 75th birthday to Lloyd Kaufman. There is a very... Very good chance that Horror Movie Night would not even exist without Lloyd Kaufman. And to celebrate his birthday, I recently found a hard drive of the original run of the St. Mort Show, which was the first true podcast that I ever did. I'd done a bunch prior, but this was the first one that really lasted more than like 15 episodes and went for almost three or four years. Uh, It's very bad. It's very shoddy. The audio is, uh, and I had a very different sense of humor back then. And while I do have all of those old original episodes... Available for anybody to listen to, I don't necessarily recommend it, but feel free to subscribe if you want, just don't judge me too hard. Anyway, this interview was recorded right after Comic-Con, I want to say 2011, we were hanging out in Lloyd's hotel room, he was there because I believe he was filming Return to Nukem High at that point, I could be wrong. But We sat down and it's a really great conversation. It's one of my favorite conversations that I've ever heard with Lloyd and not just because I'm the one doing the interview because this was at a time when I was not a great interviewer but I like this specific interview because he's not so much playing the character of Lloyd Kaufman as he's actually being Lloyd Kaufman the person and talking about things that are very important to him like filmmakers rights and that's the best thing about Lloyd. We know him as you know, Crazy Uncle Lloyd, but he is also probably one of the biggest fighters for independent filmmakers that we know, so I wanted to celebrate his birthday by releasing this retroactive interview from when I used to do the St. Mort Show. I hope you guys enjoy it. And we're back,
2: and uh, in the studio today, we have Lloyd Kaufman. I love that product. That was such a good, good. you know, I use it all the time in, uh, in Tromaville. We, it really helps us.
1: He is the uh, co-founder and head director for many of the best of Troma's
2: pictures. I direct all the heads, (laughs) except for the Grateful Head.
1: (laughs) Now, you are also uh, a big defender of independent film in general.
2: I'm a supporter of uh, independent film um, and a fighter for independent film. Uh, Independent film is under assault. Independent art is under assault. And independent art is also... Not just under assault, salt, but under a pepper. Ha, ha, ha. You, uh, you have done
1: multiple videos uh, on YouTube. Which I've
2: done mul- have... multiple people. <laughs> not on YouTube.
1: <laughs> that have kind of caught fire of you trying to fight for, for equal- uh, equality amongst yes. the filmmaking. Well, um, the... And that's what I'd really like to talk to you about
2: Well, that's a first. good subject, Matt. And thank you for bringing it up because most people uh, just want me to be a sad clown Just waiting to die. I suggest that uh, we are in a serious situation in which the uh, giant devil-worshipping international media conglomerates have gotten the laws that used to protect the public against monopoly. They've gotten those laws killed. They've lobbied down spending billions of dollars in Washington. The phone companies, the MPAA... The Motion Picture Association of America and the uh, conglomerate, media conglomerates like Rupert Murdoch and Sony and Viacom. And as a result, um, we have uh, Law and Order and uh, CSI on every TV channel. We have little or no genuinely independent art anywhere that's easily accessible, and uh, we um, are um, subject to eat, pray, love, uh, quality and. Uh, baby food art and that is a disaster the other point that's very very important to understand is that the net neutrality is the last the last um uh, democratic medium uh, the internet uh, which uh, thankfully uh, benefits from net neutrality uh, allows all of us to have equal access equal power and equal um equal uh, revenue uh, if we have something valuable on the internet and uh, again, the same evil forces are down in Washington D.C. 24/7 lobbying, spending hundreds of millions of dollars to create a superhighway for the rich and powerful, and then the rest of us will be on a dirt road and inaccessible dirt road uh, on the internet that will take a long time to buffer and will be worse than being on the public access TV, so trauma is, um, not only are we fighting uh, for these causes, but I've written uh, six books, uh, all of which uh, uh, have uh, themes along the lines of uh, support independent art and commerce and to keep the internet free open and diverse
1: and you are also boy am I boring <laughs> you also defend uh, a to to an extent, piracy as well on the internet. Um, well, I don't
2: think – I don't uh, – piracy is uh, is when you – well, first of all, I'm an expert on butt piracy, uh, so uh, <laughs> I definitely defend that. But, um, but, if you pardon the pun, uh, um, I, I prefer to say sharing. Uh, piracy means you're benefiting and making money from somebody else's art. That is not fair. But sharing art, if, if somebody wants to uh, download uh, a, a movie and share it with his, her, or its friend – uh, I think that benefits the artists. The, per, uh, the, the 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 most valuable thing that somebody has is his, her, or its time. Time is very, very valuable. And if somebody is uh, taking the time to share your art, I think you consider yourself lucky. I believe that the Toxic Avenger musical, which is, by the way, coming to Broadway, from what I understand, uh, it played a year on uh, Off-Broadway. Uh, it had music by the Bon Jovi guy, um Rich, David, uh, David Bryan. David Bryan. Uh, and that was that came about because we let people uh, share the uh, our music. Uh, they no, we let people share the Toxic Avenger. We let them put on the Toxic Avenger musical in Portland. We did not charge for the rights. We just let them basically share it, take it. Um, the and and um, and we also permitted another group to put on the Toxic Avenger musical, a different musical in Omaha, Nebraska which caught the eye of these uh, big-time Broadway producers who had uh, produced uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels on Broadway. And the next thing we know, we actually got a check. And uh, and we could end up getting lots of checks if uh, the Toxic Avenger off-Broadway musical indeed does come to Broadway, and it looks pretty likely.
1: And you, uh, not only do you give away the characters, but I've even seen on YouTube, you appear in some of the, the musicals when you can. I've seen video of you doing a... a... Cannibal, the musical play, and here. Well, and there. I went you, down to Washington, but
2: that was uh, that was I think licensed from T- Jason McHugh, the producer. Uh, again, we are only the uh, distributors of Cannibal, the musical, and in terms of the uh, licensing rights, I leave, that's all the that's all belongs to Trey and Matt and uh, Jason McHugh. So, uh, I, I, I I I and I think in many cases they let people perform for free, I, uh, but again, I don't get involved in that. For the but I have performed in it. Yes, I did uh, play a cameo. And uh, I'm in a, about 200 movies uh, because that helps the uh, fledgling filmmakers to uh, attract the trauma fans and uh, perhaps sell some micro-budget uh, movie DVDs.
1: Well, and you've helped so many artists from their infancy. And, and you look at James Gunn, I can't think of a better representation of someone who follows that trauma lifestyle all the way up into making his bigger budget movies he still has a very trauma thought process with everything he does
2: well james is uh, certainly one of the most talented people to have ever uh, crossed the trauma threshold and uh, super i think is the best film of the year i, I really uh, loved it and i've seen it uh, multiple times and uh, i especially enjoy the performance of the 911 man i don't know who he is but he's very <laughs> distinguished looking and uh, i would like to go out with him
1: I think I saw him in a film called Orgasmo. I think he had a small part in that, too. Oh,
2: yeah. Orgasmo by Trey, and, Trey Parker have, and Matt think Stone. I he might have
1: even been in Rocky. I mean, yes, I feel like he's yes. been in quite a few films. Yeah, he's
2: been in some big films, uh, but uh, mostly smaller films like Bloodbath of the House of Knives and uh, <laughs> and uh, Meat for Satan's Locker and movies. Of, and, of course, Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. Uh.
1: Um. Now, speaking of Poultry Geist... Uh, that's the most recent of your directorial films uh i believe and it's personally in my opinion one of the best films in your history um with all the years that you guys have been doing these films there's constantly growth uh in the in the film themselves and i i want it to know you know what what film do you hold the most dear to your heart of all the ones that you've worked on?
2: I would say my foul movement, uh, Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. Uh, to me, that's the best experience of making a movie, and I think it is the best uh, movie that uh, Troma has produced uh, and that I've directed. Uh, um, it's got the most interesting themes. It has the most interesting uh, elements, uh, namely singing and dancing, along with the... Uh, the um, the sex and violence and uh, chicken indian zombies and uh, it is a profound profound and entertaining movie which is uh, what uh, art should be what the movies uh, you know artistic movies should both entertain and uh, be profound and have some risk taking and i think poultry guys in a fair world in fact neville dean and taylor who uh, directed recently the reboot of Ghost Rider and uh, put me into their crank and, uh, and uh, what was the other, gamer movie. Uh, they say in a fair world, Poultry Geist would have been a huge hit if it had been distributed by uh, one of the vassals of, uh, of media conglomerates that Poultry Geist would have done uh, $200 million.
1: Well, and I have I know that uh, there's talk about a Toxic the Avenger remake and talk of a Class of Newcomb High remake, but I've also heard rumors that people are actually someone's interested in doing a remake of poultry guys but i'm not sure how true that is yes
2: uh, we've had an offer but it uh it laid an egg so we're uh, <laughs> a cracked egg so we're kind of uh, that 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 isn't likely but uh toxic Avengers has been signed akiva goldsman academy award-winning writer of uh, a beautiful mind and uh, the director of the best movie ever made in history batman and robin He is leading the group that are remaking uh, The Toxic Avenger, uh, rebooting it, whatever. And they're going to make a PG-13, $100 million tentpole uh, movie, as they call it. And Steven Pink was hired to write and direct it. Uh, He did uh, Hot Top Time Machine and uh, High Fidelity. He's incredibly talented. So hopefully it'll be a good remake. Meanwhile, we're writing Toxic Avenger Part 5 and um slowly but surely at some point hopefully i'll get a script that doesn't suck too much and we'll make that <laughs> and heard- uh, class of Nukem high looks like uh, it looks like that's got a better than 50 50 chance now we've uh, we've got a pretty good offer or deal in the in the making for a remake there it hasn't been signed but uh we've got two two different entities uh two different ways to do it and uh so I, I think that'll happen. Uh, have well, you seen the Mother's Day remake, by the way? I yeah.
1: haven't seen the remake. I've seen yeah. the original. Yeah, I love yeah. the original.
2: Yeah, the original's great. Charles Kaufman, my brother, did it. Uh, I think that's one of the best uh, movies. Of, I think that Eli Roth thinks uh, that's his, Eli Roth's favorite horror film of all time. But uh, and, and certainly uh, an amazing movie. Uh, I have not seen the remake, but um, I hear it's really great. The interns at Troma have seen it, and they love it.
1: Well, I love that, uh, speaking of Eli and other Name that started in trauma. I love that for no real explainable reason he is the commentary track for Bloodsucking Freaks, despite he, the fact that he had really nothing to do with the production of the movie.
2: Well, uh, when Eli Roth uh, did the commentary track for the DVD of Bloodsucking Freaks, he he just asked to do it. You know, he'd been in <laughs> Terra Firma, and we knew him. And Gabe Friedman was editing Citizen Toxy, and Gabe and Eli knew each other from NYU Film School and um eli just asked to do it and you know i knew he was a major film f- fanatic yeah. so um you know i knew he would do a good job so why not you know Bloodsucking freaks uh why not have a smart person co- do the commentary <clears throat> and it's great i mean eli roth's commentary on blood freaks even without even if you don't see the movie it's worth uh, uh it's got history it's got emotion you know it's got wisdom and eli, eli roth's great also in direct your own damn movie dvd box set uh you should just get that box set for eli roth's uh, i mean there, there are 50 other directors on that box set including me but, um, the Eli Roth, the wisdom is great, and inspiration. he's very inspirational. well, you he's, can he's even terrific.
1: see the uh the influence that Bloodsucking Freaks had on something <laughs> like Hostel. like there that's the closest I think we've ever come to someone attempting to do another movie like Bloodsucking Freaks. Well again, Mother's yeah. Day
2: may have been a bigger influence on Eli, but I mean <laughs> he knows Mother's Day better than my brother who wrote and directed it <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, uh I bought the Poultry Guys soundtrack. At Comic Con this year, and you want
2: your money back? Uh, no, sorry, I, I, really I adore apologize. it. Oh, 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 oh yeah, I love I'm that. What I'm confused moment. by, uh,
1: and I wanted to ask you about, it, is that it looks like different people wrote each song that's in the movie, like musical wise.
2: Well, the singing and dancing was all pretty much. The music was all written by Doogie Banners from uh, Canada. Uh, uh, and the, the lyrics were written by Gabe Friedman and me, or just Gabe Friedman. Some of the songs were – the lyrics were written by Gabe alone, and others were written by uh, Gabe and me. And Doogie may have written lyrics to one of the songs.
1: All right, because the so- those songs are incredible. I specifically love your song in the film to be – The jig be, that I did? The Scottish jig? The Scottish the jig. Gi- the of, Scottish uh, jig. Oh, thank it's you. It's my favorite song in the movie. Thank you. But uh, I really – I, I love the, the effect that trauma has on the punk music scene. Well, um, well,
2: if I may interrupt, a lot of the songs that are not singing and dancing, we had nothing to do with it. They were just yeah. different bands. And by the way, fast-breaking news, and nobody knows this yet. You're the first to hear it. Geekscape exclusive. <laughs> Lemmy has just given us uh, the new Motorhead song, Outlaw, which is going to be on his new album uh it, it is going to be uh, uh on the movie Mr. Bricks directed by Travis Ch- uh, Travis Campbell uh, who edits Trauma's movies now and um, Mr. Bricks is a heavy metal murder musical and you can see some clips from it on YouTube it's uh, just about finished and uh, Motorhead uh, as as uh, as they have in the past, they gave us a wonderful song and didn't charge us, and uh, they're the best. And yeah, his Lemmy's uh, song, His amazing. song for
1: Patromeo and Juliet might be one of my favorite songs Mo- uh, Motorhead ever did.
2: Sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it works so beautifully. Well, wait till you see Outlaw um, blended into uh, Mr. Bricks. Uh, Mr. Bricks is an amazing uh, heavy metal murder musical starring Tim Dax, and who I predict will be a major, major, major star. He's just moved out to L.A., and uh, he's already got a job in uh, – he got an acting, you know, a pretty big part in some major director's movie. I can't remember, but a big movie, a big. He's a star. He's great, Tim <laughs> Dax.
1: Well, and like I said, you have such a huge influence on the punk music scene. You appeared in the Punk Rock Holocaust movie. Uh, Newfound Glory is constantly throwing trauma references in their music. Well, videos. they wrote the it...
2: Poultry Guys. Newfound Glory wrote the uh, under the under the name Calamari Safari. <laughs> they wrote the Poultry Guys theme song which is terrific and uh and chad if you were at comic-con chad and uh uh jordan, jordan right jordan yeah. were hanging out with they were in the uh they hung out with us in the trauma booth and on the came to the trauma panel and uh and uh they're going to be very instrumental in uh if i ever get a script for toxi part five the toxic twins uh They'll be very important, and uh, Chad's going to be, I uh, hope, he would like, assuming right now if I had the script ready, he'd be the music director. But uh, who knows what will happen. Uh, you know, Hopefully he'll still be uh, willing to do it by the time I get the script completed.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for coming by, Lloyd. And as a personal thank you, thank you for staying true. To your desire to make truly independent films for all these many, many years. Well, it's only
2: thanks to our fans and to Geekscape that we are uh, still Troma after almost 40 years. So uh, if you're listening, uh, please uh, support Troma. Go to www.troma.com and uh, buy some of our Troma movies because they're blacklisted everywhere else, except for maybe Amazon.
0: We're making an ad. Snapping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in he says a couple things mm. he listens to the podcast every week yep. has he been cancelled? is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free oh, okay great he hasn't worked since 2020 <clears throat> <clears throat> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast listen to this damn show damn it the it... Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape real life, real drama, real time I'm Gary Snoots. That's the ad. That's the end. That's the ad. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pass to Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come, and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast baby come come We're making an ad napping yeah. ad this is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. he says a couple things mm. he listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been cancelled? Is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah. what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the That's ad! That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape
1: Network.